Just lift our Bibles up and wave them around and make Jesus glad, the devil mad. And let's just say this together. There's no time or distance in the Spirit, so let's just say it together. Say, oh God, I know this word is just for me. I'm teachable. I'm ready to hear what the Word of God says about my situation. And I know that I'm an overcomer. The blood was shed for me. And I'm moving through this time. I'm not camping out in the trouble. And I, over, I overcome in Jesus' name. Amen. Revelation chapter 12. And of course, as you know, that was uh, a visitation the Apostle John had late in his life and on the Isle of Potmos. And uh, in Revelation 12, verse 9, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And so thank God for the precious blood of Jesus. You know, it's the major key to overcoming the devil and all of his illegal attacks. The Bible says he's so angry, he's, he's way past mad because he knows his time is short. It, uh, it says there, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. But it says rejoice those who dwell in heaven. Well, that's really talking about believers uh, because my dwelling place is heaven. In fact, the Bible says that I'm seated with him in heavenly places in Christ. And so I don't have to be afraid of the devil and his wrath. It's everyone else. That's what we're seeing uh, in our society right now, and some, and some Christians as well. They're going out and cleaning out the store shelves and trying to find masks and all of that and trying to obsessing about uh, washing their hands. I, you know, I think we ought to do what we can do, but let's not, let's not uh, be fearful in doing it. But, uh, but he knows, the devil knows his time is short, and he's looking for any way to gain advantage and his only hope is to catch somebody sleeping or somebody that is not watching. You know, uh, the Bible says in, in Ephesians 4.27, give no place to the devil. You know, the devil doesn't have all the power. We have power. He can't just come and just uh, steal, kill, and destroy unless, again, we are not watching. And sometimes he, he creeps in unawares and we're not watching or we're, we're, we're uh, distracted. It's easy to be distracted right now. But 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. 
And so we have the power to resist him if we see him coming, if we know uh, he's moving in our direction. We just need, listen, soldiers have to watch. I mean, if you're, if you're a soldier and you're out on, on, on uh, you, you know, where you're out and about, you, you have a watch that you have to keep. And you can be court-martialed if you're found asleep. And uh, so you have to watch. The shepherds, the shepherds watch by night. You know, when, when the angels appeared to the shepherds, he found, you know, the shepherds were awake and they were watching the sheep. So we have to watch in prayer and listen to the Holy Ghost. Many times we are warned. Many times the Holy Spirit will alert us to trouble and we can begin to pray. And sometimes we don't even know what we're praying about. See, that's part of watching and praying. And uh, really so much the more we see when we see the day approaching, you know, the day, uh, the day of the Lord is at hand. He's coming very, very soon. How do you know that, Pastor? Well, the greatest uh, reason that I know it is because of Israel. You know, Israel is a gigantic signboard. It's, it's a signpost to let us know. You know, if we were driving down the freeway and there was a big billboard on the side of the, of the freeway saying bridge out five miles, we'd we'd know, man, we've got to slow down. We've got to get off this freeway. The bridge is out. Bridge out three miles. Well, we have less time now than ever. Bridge out one mile. And finally, if we keep driving that 70 miles an hour, bridge out, uh, we're going to sail off the end of the freeway. (laughs) And and that's the way a lot of people are. They have ignored the signs of his coming. And, And Israel is a great sign. Jesus said, watch the fig tree said, you know, the disciples said, when, when are we going to, when are you going to come back? He said, watch the fig tree. And so around here, we watch Israel. We watch what's going on there. We pray for Israel. And uh, we're so glad our president has been the greatest friend to Israel that, that, that any president has been, and I think in our lifetime. And so, uh, so we, we need to watch so we overcome the devil. It says here there's three things. There's three, three situations about overcoming the devil. And first of all, we overcome the devil and demon powers and all of his works, all of his, his tools that he uses. We overcome by the blood of the lamb. So we should meditate and, and confess the scriptures concerning the blood. I mean, especially now, it ought to be true all the time, but especially now. You know, scriptures like Romans 5, 9, we are justified by his blood. Justified, just as if I'd never sinned. I mean, the blood is able to to cleanse us so thoroughly and completely that there is no guilt. That we're, you know, Gladys read out of Hebrews 10, uh, it, it, it purges us from a guilty conscience. The blood of Jesus does. We ought, to, we ought to confess that every day. You know, one of the ways that we're not bold is that we have guilt complex. We have sin consciousness. We ought to have righteousness consciousness. We ought to be conscious of the fact that we're righteous, not on our own account, but because of the blood. And by faith in the blood, we apply it to ourselves and to our lives. Romans 3.25 said, through faith in the blood that we're, we're justified, through faith in the blood. See, faith believes what the Bible says instead of our own emotion, allowing ourselves to go around and have, a, you know, a, a guilty conscience, shame, and all of that. You know, there's actually, I've, taught, I've ministered to people who, who felt like they were going through trouble 
because they were paying for the, the sins of their past life before they got saved. They, they, they lived particularly wicked and sinful lives. And they think now, uh, all these years later, even though they're born again, that they're paying for those sins. No, Jesus paid the entire price. You need to get educated in the Word of God. You need to get your mind renewed to the Word of God. You do that by, by meditating in the Word, especially the Word concerning the blood of Jesus having our hearts sprinkled from a guilty conscience. Praise God. Isn't that when our bodies washed with pure water, we washed by the water, washing of water by the word. Thank God for the word of God. So that's one way to overcome the devil. Then it says, and we overcome by the word of our testimony. You see, there needs to be words coming out of our mouth. We talked about that this morning, that we need to hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering because he is faithful who promised. So let's confess boldly what the blood has done for us. That's specific. Our testimony of what the blood has purchased for us. It's already done. It's not something that we're begging for. It's not something that God is gonna do. In fact, there's no more that God has to do or will do. The blood has already purchased our eternal redemption and complete deliverance from the power of Satan. That's why we can boldly say, you know, Claire uh, quoted that scripture, uh, you know, we're not afraid what man can do, us, do unto us. He has said, well, I'll never leave you nor forsake you so that we may boldly say, not barely say, boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I'll not fear what man will do unto me. I think that's a powerful word and we need to, we need to have that word in our lips. You know, <clears throat> When we read the story of, of Exodus and the deliverance of Israel from Egypt, uh, we, the last plague that hit Egypt was the death of the firstborn. And, uh, and so God instructed through Moses, he instructed Israel to kill the Passover lamb and to take uh, the blood of that lamb and uh, dip a, a hyssop uh, into the blood and strike the doorposts of their, of their dwelling places and also pour the blood in the threshold. There was a little channel and they would pour the blood of the lamb in that threshold so that no, uh, that the death angel could not enter in to the households uh, of the Israelites. And so the death angel came through all of Egypt and the firstborn of every man and beast died that night except in the dwelling places of Israel, because why? Because when the, when, the, when the angel saw the blood on the doorpost and on the threshold, he passed over their home. And so really, what our mouths are the hyssop. Let's confess what the blood has done for us. And, and a lot of the troubles that we're seeing in the world will just simply pass over us because of the blood. We, uh, you know, we won't even need to take the test. We won't even need to go through the whole uh, ritual of, of, of standing in a line. Or, you know, right now they have drive-in clinics and people are waiting for hours, you know, to get tested. I tell you, the blood of Jesus is able to deliver us. Amen? And so, <clears throat> so our mouths are the hyssop. We just, we just dip our mouths in the blood and begin to speak about the blood of Jesus. And then the third thing, it says, love not your lives unto the death. Oh, yes, pastor, I'd gladly die. Well, that's not what, God, what this is really saying. He's not, he's not interested in us dying. He's interested in us living. 
Uh, what it means is a victorious warrior must be an obedient servant, dead to criticism and dead to praise. How do you know you're, you're in the flesh? Well, when you're just real sensitive, when you're sensitive about what people say about you, when you're sensitive, or, or you just need somebody to always build you up. There's people like that. People just need, well, I just need people to like me. Well, see, you, you, need to, you, need, you, need to, you need to be liked by the Lord. You need to, you need to be, you, need, you, need, you know, you're loved by the Lord. You need to meditate on the fact that he loves you. And then whether people let you know about it, you're not always offended. You're not always going around so needy. Have you ever known somebody that's just so needy? They're so needy. They're just clingers, and they just cling, and they just, oh. No, let's grow up. And let's, and, let's, and let's be dead to criticism and dead to praise. We're dead unto sin, but alive unto God. That's what that scripture's talking about. And that's how we overcome the devil. Many times the devil comes in through our emotions. And if he can get us offended, he can start to do damage to us. So <clears throat> another aspect of overcoming uh, the enemy is by pleading the blood. You know, you, you know, often heard the old timers, especially Pentecostal people would say, I plead the blood, I plead the blood, I plead the blood. Plead the blood over mind and body. Plead the blood over your past, over your present, and even over your future. To plead the blood over everything that concerns you. Well, what does it mean to plead the blood? Does that mean begging, plead, beg? No, plead means to strive, to contend, or to conduct a legal case. You know, they often use uh, uh, a term, the lawyers uh, entered a plea before the judge. Like if uh, a defense attorney is defending someone that's accused of a crime, they'll enter a plea of guilty or not guilty. A plea is a legal term. Uh, pleading, you know, they, they have a pleading before the judge to, to, uh, to rule on a, a pleading in a legal case. So <clears throat> what do I mean by that? In other words, legally we're redeemed. So to plead the blood means to apply the blood in a legal way over your situation. To demand the devil to take his hands off of your situation. I think about uh, Brother Osteen used to tell this story. Uh, when he was traveling, he, he had, uh, I think, 12 years where he traveled the world. He went, went to the Philippines often and other places all over the globe preaching the word and doing missionary work. And then he came back to Houston to pastor Lakewood Church. But when he was gone, uh, many times uh, he would call, check on the family, and they'd be sick. Dodie'd be sick. The children would be sick. It seemed like every time he left town, there was trouble. And he just got fed up with it. So he came home, he said, and he said, okay, and God I had a family meeting, got everybody together. He said, all right, now we're going to put an end to this situation. We're going we're to put the blood around this home. And so he got out in the yard. Of course, he had young children at the time, five kids. And, and so he got Dodie behind him and each of the children behind Dodie. And he was like the choo-choo train. And he'd marched around the house. And he said, I put the blood, I put the blood, I put the blood, I put the blood. And they went all around their house, you know, putting the blood around that house, stating, stating to the devil, you cannot attack 
my family any longer. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just have to do a prophetic act. And sometimes you've just got to let the devil know you mean business. <laughs> Pleading the blood. Amen. And then there's another, uh, another uh, way to defeat the enemy in especially stubborn situations. And, uh, and that's holding the blood. Holding the blood. You know, Smith Wigglesworth said that uh, in his experience, most Christians quit too soon. They give up too easily uh, over their challenges. You know, they'll have, a, they'll have trouble in their life. They'll have a wayward child or they'll have trouble in their home. They'll have financial trouble. They'll have health issues. He said in his experience, and he was known as the apostle of faith, had 19, I think 23 people raised from the dead in his ministry. In his experience, he said, uh, Christians quit too soon. They give up too easily. And uh, we ought to hold the blood against stubborn situations until victory comes. What do you mean by that? Well, I just mean your faith applies the blood. It's similar to pleading the blood, except that it's constant. It's like you just, you hold the blood. I remember here recently, I had a, a big uh, 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 growth under, under my eyelid, my lower lid, and it had gotten large in the past year or so. It was bothering me, and I could actually see it in my eyesight. It was ugly, nasty-looking thing. And so I went to a dermatologist that I've gone to for years. He said, well, it's, it's, it's a combination of a, uh, of a wart and something else, whatever name he used. He said, it's not cancerous. He said, I can get rid of that. And, and he, took some, he took some liquid hydrogen. Hydrogen is a gas, but in its, in its liquid state, it's real cold. And uh, he dipped uh, uh, a little Q-tip, I think, in, in that liquid nitrogen, put the stopper back on there, and he held that nitrogen right there on that growth. And I mean, my whole eyeball got cold. I thought the tears were gonna freeze. <laughs> and it didn't hurt, but it was uncomfortable. And uh, you know, and I couldn't tell any difference. The next day it was red and it looked nasty or even worse than it did before. But in two weeks time, that thing fell completely off of my, my eyelid. I mean, it just dried up and disappeared. Well, you know, how much more shall the blood of Jesus, if you hold it by faith, against a something stubborn, something that's long-lived, something that just doesn't seem to want to move, it doesn't seem to respond. I tell you, don't give up and don't quit. Just hold the blood against that situation. Say, Satan, I hold the blood of Jesus against your operations, against, for instance, your grandchild. Or, you know, sometimes our grandchildren, you know, we, we love our grandchildren. I know I've got five wonderful grandchildren. They all serve God. But I, I've, I know some of you have grandchildren that are away from God and they don't serve God. They quit going to church. They may have been raised in a Christian home and they're drifting way away. Hold the blood of Jesus. Just say, Satan, I hold the blood of Jesus against your operations, against my, my grandchild and name their name. And uh, your schemes are brought to naught by the precious blood of Jesus. Begin to speak directly to the enemy and mention the blood of Jesus and hold the blood of Jesus until you see a difference. And of course, yes, pray. We should pray for them. We, we've got the word that we can pray over our loved ones. Uh, we've got the word of God that we can quote over our bodies and for healing and so forth and so on. But sometimes we've got to take extra measures and, uh, and thereby 
This is the way that we can use the blood of Jesus to overcome. God has redeemed us to overcome. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and receive the word of God tonight. Praise God. Wonderful Jesus.